Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? Strap the latex gloves back on. The monthly probe is here again. Alright, hello and uh, welcome to the uh, May edition of the Monthly Probe. I'm Max McKinney and um, as usual I'm joined by, by my co-host Matt Ryder. Mate, glad to be here for another edition of the Monthly Probe. New location, ZY, the new residence, the new pad we're at now and uh, you know, great to be back for another month of exciting rugby league. It certainly is uh, great to be in uh, new surrounds, mate. I'm uh, really loving the atmosphere and uh, can't wait to uh, get stuck into things. Uh, plenty to talk about tonight. Um, but just firstly, we've come out of the rep round and just had what, one round of NRL since. Uh, what did you take out of it, mate? Were any, of the, any of the games certainly get you excited? Talk about a rep hangover. There was none. It was absolutely... It was probably one of the most thrilling rounds of rugby league that I've, I've witnessed. I don't know how long. I'm going to just start with the Gold Coast Titans and their come-from-behind victory over Melbourne yeah. Storm. That was... What a win. That's something for the ages, that win. What was it? 30, 38, 36 or 40? Something like that, mate. Something, something like ridiculous. That. Like... I know defence got thrown out the window. It was a bit like an under-20s game with a bit of, you know, touch butt in the park. But, gosh, what a game. What a comeback. And, and for the Gold Coast Titans, a side that, you know, have, have dabbled with the, with the top fantasy of the top eight, I guess, it, it's a really huge confidence boost for them. And towards the end of last year, in those finals games, they were just that close from the Broncos, and, and they were dudded then. And I think they're a team, if they hang around, they hang around. They've probably got that extra bit of will, that extra bit of... That pizzazz is something that the other sides don't have. They've got the um the willpower, and it was like the Sharks back in the day that their their uh, skill isn't quite there, but their will to win. They've got an attitude, don't they've they? They've got an attitude. They've got a chip on their shoulder, and it's just that group of players they've got now. And um, I I really think if they're in the top eight, they're they're a dangerous side. They're a really dangerous side. Look, if if you're a club looking to you know get a win midway through the season to sort of kickstart your campaign, I mean, there's no better way than than beating the Melbourne Storm, who are you know certainly the benchmark and. No doubt the Titans will take plenty of confidence out of that one as they um, you know, look to move up from, what is it, near 11th spot on the ladder. So, Who's on 11th? Titans, 11th. Jeez. So, getting there, getting there. Yeah, anyway, look, um, what about the Panthers, mate? They uh, come from behind win over the Warriors. Look, I was watching the game. I was at the pub. Half-time, the Warriors were leading 24-6. Mate, I clocked off and went home. I, I thought it was all over. I thought the Warriors have finally announced themselves as a... Premiership contending team, and uh, hey, they come back out in the second half and just flunked it. It was mm. terrible. It's it's really indicative of both sides. Well, it's indicative of the Warriors. Potentially. Indicative of the Warriors, but it's indicative of the Panthers. You know, to get get let the other side get away to such a handy lead at halftime and have to chase them down to begin with. Like I'd go as far as saying if that wasn't the Warriors, the Panthers are shot. They don't come yeah. back. Well, and the Panthers need to be better in the first half to begin with, and the Warriors, they need to play a full set of 80 minutes. It's two sides at the moment that just aren't playing 80 minutes of football. I'll tell you what I felt like with the Panthers in that game. I felt like once they were down by that much, the pressure was finally off them. Mm. I felt like it was the first time they had no pressure on them this year. Everyone talked them up at the start of the year, and finally, with no pressure, they threw the ball around. We saw the silky skills that they displayed you know, in the back half of last season and just, imagine, just come to the fore. Just fore imagine eight. the lack, lack of pressure they would have had if Gil, Phil Gould didn't give him a five-year plan to fruition. Just well, mate, that's in about his ninth year, so you can throw that out the window. It's, what a dumb move that was. In five years, we'll win the comp and you just got a ticking time bomb. <laughs> I think, no, the, the, the real hype came from the being installed as premiership favourites. I mean, that's that's where the hype comes from. Oh. Sides we may have been, the sides have won before with that, it's... 
Anyways, it'll be interesting to see where they go it's from, from now on in. Listeners, it's all Phil Gould's fault. Anyways. You shouldn't have said the Sharks were going crappy in, in round two and we wanted a weak competition that's backfired your wanker. Do they actually play again this year, Sharks and Panthers? Do they meet? No, we're going to destroy them if we oh, do. That would be a, that would, destroyed them last time. That would be a huge, huge game. Anyways, we'll move into our first topic, mate. Uh, snakes and letters. The uh, NRL letter. There's certainly a few teams moving up and there's certainly a few starting to slide down. First one we'll start with is the Dragons, mate. They've moved from first position to uh, sixth in just a few rounds. So, look, do you think that slide's going to continue or do you think they're going to be able to sort of put a halt to it? Two words, Gareth Widdop. With Gareth Widdop in the side, they'll go straight back up. He's He's been the form player of the competition. He's yeah. now injured and there's been a noticeable drop-off in their attacking output since he's been gone. It's just simple as that. They're, they're Dugan's running. been out as well. So Dugan's out. No coincidence I, there. I place Widdop way above Dugan, in all honesty. And yeah. I think they're a rudderless side at the moment. They're trying hard. They've got some good forwards in DeBellin, but... Until until uh, Widdop gets back, I don't think they can compete with the heavyweights of the competition and, and, and play to their potential. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a wait and see with them, but they, they, they're they counting the days until Widdop gets back. Yeah, they need to be careful that they don't slide too far. It's, you know, if, if they keep it going, they could, you know, realistically fall out of the eight before, you, before they know it. So how they tackle the middle third of the year will... Um, Certainly determine the rest of their Shout season. out to Mary McGregor though. He's he's done a good job with those blokes and I know we questioned his um his role oh, no. role at the start of the year and he's he's really come through quite well. No no doubt he had a contract extension on the way for Mary after how yeah, he's turned that side around. Generous one. Okay, we'll move on to Penrith. Um after their win on the on the weekend. Do you think they can rescue their season? They're they're currently sitting in fourteenth on just six points and Look after ten rounds. That's it's a long way back, really. Mate, it's dismal. It's well, yeah. It's disgusting. But, it's despicable. The but three Ds. Pe- can they rescue their season? That's no. what I'm asking. So Penrith, you've draw, you've written them off. Mate, what's rescue? What do you quantify as rescue? Is rescue make the make top the eight, eight? Make the eight. Mate, they can make the eight from there. Do are they going to go anywhere from there? No. Why? Are they going to reach their potential? Well, who knows? No. It's, it's, it's a new competition so, once the eight gets involved. Mate. Yeah, it is. But you look, who's who's ever come from eight and got to one? Parramatta. Once. 2009, there's yeah. No, there's no They're Jared. only beaten by a team of cheats. They should have won the grand final. There's no Jared Hayne in the Panthers side, mate. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, look, a big win, but they need to follow it up, don't they? Mm-hmm. They need to get some consistency in their performances and... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's is it Anthony Griffin that's just got the shackles on them, or are they just too nervous? They haven't they haven't well, the Panthers, not, in, not informed. The Panthers have sucked since two thousand and three. They have not put together a season of any quality. You'd have to argue last season was a real season of quality. What did they finish? Sixth and then they went to the final they got knocked out second week of the finals, yeah. Even then they performed below I think their expectations, considerably. Ooh. They were they were a top four. Top four, top yeah, maybe maybe they maybe they reached par last year. Yeah, yeah. Every other year, considerably below par. And look, mate, I don't know. I, you can't blame the coach for it, but they're a side that has just not done anything since they've won the competition. They've had a lot of distractions this season, haven't they? You know, the the Bryce Cartwright issue, and then Moylan, a few questions around his captaincy. Every club's had those little niggling. I, I think it's a scapegoat. There's there's something yeah. wrong with the management of the club. Phil Gould has not delivered at all, really. He hasn't. Maybe the club's in a good position financially and they've got academies and all that kind of jazz, but on the field in the first grade side, since he's been there in the last, what, 10 years, 
The side is not delivered full per- stop. Personally, I just think they're about 12 months off. I think they've got, had this season here. They were 12 months off last year. Well, they were 12 no, months off the year before. No, I think this year they'll, they'll learn a lot of lessons this year. I think next year you'll see a much more professional approach. I think, um, tell you whose form speaks volumes of the, of the Panthers is James Tarmier. The marquee signing from North Queensland Cowboys. He's come down realistically on quite a bit of coin. And um, when they signed him from the Cowboys, he was in, you know, career best form. He was kangaroos prop, you know, in a state of origin team. And he just really hasn't delivered or lived up to the uh, the price tag, has he? Uh, they, I heard they're starting to call him Adam Blair, actually. Yeah, well, you could even go as far as Adam, uh, Adam Cuthbertson, whatever his name was. He was good for the Sharks, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Cuppo, he's a good mate. Actually killing it for um, St. Helens, I think it is, over in the Super League, yeah. Is he now? Yeah. yeah he's Best he, on ground. He's on a keto, ketogenic diet. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll go along. One more there we want to look at. We're just looking at the bottom eight there now, mate. I just want you to name one side that's in the bottom eight who you think will make the finals. There's quite a number of um, key sides there. The, the Eels, the Raiders, Titans, Warriors. Oh, I think the obvious one there is the Raiders. The Raiders... So you think the Raiders will make the eight? Surprises me to see them there. Out of okay, I'll phrase it this way: out of everyone in the bottom eight, they're most likely to make the eight, I believe. Uh, no, who's going to make the eight? Not most likely. Well, I could say none of them are going to make the eight. Well, you do you want to do you want to I say? I don't know, mate. I, like, who knows who's going to make the eight? I, I think the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Raiders. Well, I tell you may what, make the eight. It's hard to say if they will or won't. I wrote an article. Just a quick plug here. I wrote an article last week about how the Raiders were going to kill it in the middle third of the season. Last year they won. 13 out of their last 15 games. Well, they've virtually got no one. That's the thing. They've got a, a lot of Kiwis or international sort of players on their side. A lot of fringe. A lot of fringe players that don't make origin. So they, last year they absolutely killed it in the middle third of the year. And that's how they stormed home into, until, into second position. Tell you what, if they... They went out on the weekend and got beat by the Knights. They were absolutely woeful. Blake Austin was terrible. Yeah. So this is where so, uh, this is the time of the year when the Raiders are going bad. I revert to blaming Ricky Stewart. Yeah, well, mate, I've got <laughs> I've got real questions over Ricky Stewart and what he, where they're at as a side. But it's just such a you know such a a big contradiction not contradiction it's a big comparison to last year and how they were going so well. They were high flyers. They were above well, expectations, and this year they've really tapered off. And they were they were a team a lot of people did pick to be a bolter and to really solidify what they did last year. And, you know, they were in that major semi-final, Melbourne Storm, and they were one edrically up, yeah. up from, yeah. from making the grand final Ooh. and having the Viking clap it in front of 80,000 people at the um the porch light that is known as uh, Telstra Stadium or ANZ Stadium uh, now, mate. Yeah, well, mate, it's funny you say that. That Actually, a good segue moves into our next segment. All about the segues, mate. I'm a, I'm a polished star. Yeah, you are. You are. You are. Polished podcaster here. Yeah, you are. Uh, look, we'll move into it. It's it's. I've named it the Hunter Becomes the Hunted, <laughs> and um, wow. it's just something I picked up in the uh, the Raiders pre- press conference over the weekend. Uh, the journalist asked Ricky Stewart, "What has changed for the Raiders from 2016 to 2017?" And Stewart stepped in and he said that they've had to adjust to teams who are hunting them down. So no longer are the Raiders surprising teams and sort of surprising themselves in a way with the momentum they were carrying last season. But teams now are preparing for them. They know what's coming and they're really strategically breaking down the Raiders' attack. So if you look at the Knights game on the weekend, the Knights kicked into touch or were happy to get tackled on the fifth tackle inside the Raiders' 10-metre line. 
and we're happy to just complete their sets that way um, and therefore prevent Rapana, Leilua and their big outside backs from returning the ball um, with quick dummy half runs on, on, on the way back. The Knights completed 19 out of 19 sets in the second half um, on Sunday up there. And look, Nathan Brown, he, he really did a job on Stewart up there. And it's something that Stewart's pointed out that more teams are breaking him down in attack this season. So it's the hunter that has become the hunted. Yeah. My advice to Ricky Stewart is assess, adapt, and overcome. Like, this is what happens. Well, when yeah. You're, that's when you're a club. It's not an excuse. It's not, oh, we're becoming the hunted now. You need to... That That's essentially saying you haven't got any ideas to renew what you're doing or to reinvigorate what you're doing or to offer something new. You can never stay stagnant no matter what career or what mm. sport you're playing. You cannot stay stagnant year from year. You've got to build on what you're doing because everybody else is building. Everyone else is consistently adapting. And if you stay where you are, you're not going to get there. So Ricky Stewart... Well, look, it doesn't. Like, it, I'm not a football player, but it doesn't take a genius to say that he's just got to build on what what is happening, and he's got to adapt, and he's got to change things and, and make them better. And what they're doing, like last year, you can't rest on your laurels. Well, it certainly surprised me that he was quick to answer that, you know, that and and bring up that sort of metaphor that they've become the hunted, because if he knows about it, then why isn't he preparing for it? You know, he should have kind of known that the. Oh. The Knights were going to sort of use he, similar he may, tactics. You may be, he's just, he hasn't, hasn't um, we might have thought up of a solution, but it's just not working. Yeah, we're looking to see um, simple, next week. Simple I'm not, not not sure who the Raiders play, but yeah, looking with, I'll be looking with interest to see how, how they back up from that loss. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, losing to the Knights by quite a margin is not a good look for any club. No, it's a terrible look. And they play the Parramatta Reels just off the top of my head on the Saturday Twentieth of May at seven thirty PM. Well, that will be a big game with Mitchell Moses' at first AMZ game. Stadium. So. The Eagles are paying two dollars forty. The Raiders are paying dollar sixty. I'll tell you what, the Raiders like don't place your bets at sportsbet dot com. Just mention the code word Rider and you'll get absolutely nothing. <laughs> the Raiders don't have a good record there, so yeah, that I'll be I'll be watching with um watching with interest. Keen eyes. And uh, look, we're moving to our next topic, mate. The one we weren't going to mention today, but the drugs in sport. I know it was something that you were pretty keen to have a chat about. So, um, Mate, uh, well, look, there's been. What's your take on it? You know, I go over this agenda with uh, a fine tooth comb each podcast, and it's just something I think we need to talk about in general. I think any younger listeners, it's a it's a good chance to probably tune in. Well, as parents' a, permission, of, of course, and sitting side by side. As a monthly assessment of rugby league, I don't think we can avoid it, really. No, we can't. <laughs> so, for me, drugs in sport. I think we need to distinguish between recreational drugs, and I think we need to distinguish between performance-enhancing drugs. And I'm not talking about ASADA or anything. I'm talking about a bit more holistically, about revamping what happens. And I think recreational drugs should be tested in-house by the company, which is the club. Recreational drugs. I don't think they serve any need. There's no need for those to be tested by ASADA and be sanctioned. They don't do any kind of performance-enhancing to... The club, yep. the player, it doesn't give them any kind of advantage. It doesn't really harm anyone whatsoever. So I, I just don't understand why, for instance, I'll give you these two examples. Someone, for instance, can go out and get drunk and can get in a fight or something like that. You know, for instance, Dave Warner or something like that goes and punches Joey Root. All right? I know it's a different sport. So Dave, Dave Warner does that. Yeah, it's a bit of a slap on the wrist. He had a good time. Someone gets caught in possession of a substance... Yep. Cocaine, which 
you know, it's a drug, yes, but alcohol is also a drug. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He didn't harm anyone. We're looking at cause and effect. He didn't do anything. didn't harm anyone. No ramifications happened to his actions besides this huge hoo-ha about yeah. he's being caught with this substance, so then all these things are going to happen. It's almost it's illegal. Effective. It is illegal. The difference is alcohol is legal. Yeah, but, okay, well, that's a bit of a broader argument then. How many more people are dying and how many more people yeah, are no, arguments? Yeah. How many more people are fighting because of alcohol? You look at marijuana, marijuana is illegal. Is anyone going to make the argument that marijuana is more dangerous than alcohol? No, it's not. And it's freaking clear as day that it's not. So my argument really, really is for drugs in sport, like cl- clubs should be testing that. Clubs should have a clear policy. We're not going to accept you being under influence of these drugs. And what's but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be dealt with by the NRL. There shouldn't be a huge brouhaha yeah. about something like that. It doesn't need to happen. Performance enhancing drugs a hundred percent. And where do you sit with the so for sanctions for say for clubs clubs in house testing, someone that you know, test positive having cocaine in their system, whatever in their system. Where what what are your stand what's your stance on um, sanctions or punishment for for the players? Yeah, well that that'd be AFL's got the three strike policy. I I don't like the three strike policy. I say the um the first strike would be uh, a suspension of some some type, maybe a week suspension or something like that. Um, no pay, as you would in in the workplace. And is that made public? No. No. There's no why. Why does it need to be made? Tell me why. why? Well, I'm just saying if you're rubbing a player out for a week, people want. Why? Want to They're going to ask questions. Why is he out? But why does it need to be made no, public? No. Even if you don't say that. Even if you don't make it public, they're going to say, well, why is it Why does out? any of this need to be made public? No, I'm not saying it needs no, to be but, made public. No, I'm asking you, does it? Does it need no, to? No, no. For, for first offence, no. I reckon that's... A, and that's how they've got it set up currently. That's a, that's a warning. It's a slap on the wrist. The player and the manager get notified. That's it. I don't it's think... It's when it... the second offence comes in, like we've seen with Ben Barber, that's when you, can, you get a 12-week suspension. Yeah, I don't... Th- I don't think it should be made public in any, any way, shape or form. No, as, and, and Barber's wasn't. Mm-hmm. So you... But once you get to the second strike... So that was Barber's second strike. Yeah. I was unaware of that. Yeah, Barber's second strike, yep. That's okay. why he got suspended for 12 weeks. And, and even... But even with that second strike, I think 12 weeks is heavy for um, recreational drugs, in all honesty. I, I just for, don't see... Like, okay, because, because there's an argument, you look in a coal mine or something like that. Mm. If you get caught with that in your system, it's a danger to yourself, you're a danger to your colleagues yeah. because you're under the influence of a, of a drug or a, a substance that's going to influence your decision-making and your performance in your, in your work. When you rock up to training, that is not the case. When you rock up and you're in your, you're in your own home, okay, and you get caught under the, sub, under the influence of that substance, it's not influencing anyone. There's no cause and effect there's no danger there's no actual well, no, nothing's going to happen there's well, no consequence of it well none of these guys were caught in their own home when were they caught was Kenny, they... Kenny Dow was caught, caught out Damien Keogh was yeah, caught what's in the, the effect? Pub. what's the effect what's Damien how has Damien Keogh damaged anyone oh it hasn't only the shark's reputation no, but, and why because it was made public yes Yes. But, but what's he actually so well it's, it's illegal fact, but it's the fact that yeah we're getting to the whole argument of illegal and illegal yeah what's yeah. the he's done nothing he's got something on him let's just think about that and let's just look at this drug we've got in my hand which is a fantastically brewed Coopers and a drug which is cocaine or marijuana they mm. are both drugs well Mar- I think getting back to the players I don't want to get jumped too far into the societal and drugs legal and illegal thing but um, I'm happy with the current setup of 
you know, first strike, warning, no one knows about it, keep it in-house. Mm-hmm. Second strike, 12 weeks. I think players need that because the counter-argument is to it, you end up with a sort of Ben Cousins situation. If you don't, if your player doesn't... It, by the second strike, obviously it's becoming a bit of a habit for the player, right? If they're getting caught two times. So... If some, if they're not, if there's not a significant penalty there to prevent them from continuing that behaviour, you know we could end up with a Ben Cousins situation, and you know realistically that's quite sad. I'd rather them stop playing in all honesty and just say you've got twelve weeks pay, you're not getting paid for. You still keep playing. So okay, so not pay them. That's potentially yeah, but harder punishment than um, well, it doesn't punish the team, does it? Doesn't punish the fans, doesn't punish everybody well, yeah. else, but punishes financially. Player. Yeah. Well, that's you know could be something they explore. Yeah, Tom Greenberg, you're listening. Rugby League Players Association. I reckon that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, it's not bad, mate. Yeah. In your comment section, just uh, what do you think about that idea? I know we've got lots of listeners, so actually tweet us. We've got a uh, Twitter account now, the month at, at the monthly probe. So be sure to reach out to us on Twitter. That's our main um, point of point of reference for all our all our fans and listeners out there. Used to me, but well done, yeah. Just a quick shout-out, actually, to uh, one of our long-time uh, listeners, first-time callers, um, Jaden from Fitzvo- Fitzroy in uh, Victoria, mad Western Bulldogs fan, and Cronulla Sharks fan. Oh, he goes to the Sharks, too. I thought he was just an AFL supporter. Yeah. Oh, interesting. No. G'day, Jaden. Mate, next time I see you, mate, we'll, uh, I'll show you how a scrum works and stuff, and you can tell me about the ruck, mate, because I know you love that AFL, and um, I'm more of a rugby league supporter, so, yeah. All right. All right, let's get out of the uh, the drugs, and we'll get on to the uh, origin selection table. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. look, we haven't had time to sort of prepare our New South Wales seventeen, and I don't really want to talk about a full seventeen anyway, really. So, yep. I've got a question. I've, I've asked you to name three players who must be in Laurie Daly's side. So I don't care what position they play. I don't care if you name three bench players, but three players who you think must be in the final seventeen. All right. Well, I think. Tedesco at fullback, he's been the best player in an abysmal side, the West Tigers. Every time he gets the ball, he looks dangerous, and it's you know it's hard to score tries. It's hard to really put in a solid eighty minutes when you're playing behind a forward pack. He just doesn't want to be there, in my opinion. He was struggling. So they are struggling. So for me, James Tedesco is the first player picked in the Blues squad. After that, I'll be having Wade Graham at five eight. I'm not five eight. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be having Wade Graham. In the second row. So, Wade, Wade Graham... Starting? Starting yeah, side? Wade Graham has been the form second row on the comp. Him and Jack DeBell and I... I don't know, but what Wade Graham offers you is a presence on the edge, a ball-playing presence on the edge. And secondly, he offers you a kicking option with a left foot on the left edge. And in, in origin, that is an invaluable thing to have. He hits hard defensively. He can run a hole. It's easy. Plus what I've just described. I think... And, and, and look, we talked about this not long ago... Leadership in the New South Wales yeah. side is not of an abundance at the moment. I think Wade Graham provides that. He provides st- a steady head. Yeah. He provides um, he provides leadership on the park, and I just don't think there's many players in the Origin side that do that at the moment. So I think he's 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 it's, number two for me. It's easy to forget uh, Wade Graham's ball playing skills. Like he, he started as a five eighth. Out in Penrith, if yeah. I'm if Before I'm correct, he turned into a fat mess for a couple of years, and then he slimmed back down. Now. Yeah, I mean we've all been yeah. there, you know. Everyone enjoys a pie, or two, but um, five pies in five days. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he does sort of bring an extra element with with those skills, and you know, there's times in Origin where um, 
team like either side does get caught with the ball and you kind of need someone, you know, maybe the, the five eight or the halfback might be, you know, involved in the tackle. You need someone who can put it a kick in or something. The way the Sharks use him, it's it's almost like so we've got a, a fifth uh, fifth tackle play or something like that. They throw the ball wide and they go two or three wide. Yeah. It looks like we're gonna run it. Yeah. Brings the winger up. up. Graham slips the ball in behind, and the amount of repeat sets we I like get from that, that yeah. or the amount of times we trap them in the corner, yeah. because the wingers had to come up, and it allows that space for Graham to grab it in behind. And look, like the Sharks are like I'm not. Well, I'm sort of talking a lot about the Sharks here, but Luke Lewis can do the same on the right hand side. He's in the value yeah. player too, so yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to pick for Origin, but look, third player pick for Origin. Look, there's not a lot of standouts in all honesty. Who was I going to say before, mate? Can you remember? I'm not sure, mate. Who were you going to say? Mate, if you come back to me in a minute or two... I'll oh, well, we'll so go to mine. Yeah, yours, and I'll, I'll keep the uh, crowd waiting for the third. All right, we'll go to my, my three. And look, the first one I'm going to start with is uh, Jack Burt. I think he's got to be in the 17. Look, I don't care if you play him off the bench in, in the 14 jersey or whether he's in the centres or on the wing. I just think he's raw, he's rough, and he has that X factor that um, you need. In those type of games, and potential, and and to break down Queensland, who you know we are, we know are such a such a dominant side, and you know the defence will be on song with he's, with he's a Mel. Match winner. He really is. He he's someone that I think takes this, the the game by the scruff of the neck. He does. He makes something happen. For He'll me. make something happen, and. and Within with ten minutes to go, he'd be the bloke I'd be throwing the ball to. In all honesty. Oh well, yeah, exactly. And he's just someone that seems like he's ready for the big moment. And look, I'd 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 potentially partner him with Jared Hayne in the centres. I think there's absolutely no way you can leave Jared Hayne out of this out Gen- of this side. Jennings, Jennings, I, I I'm massive Jennings fan, but well, well, you know whether you include him or not is is another another story. But yeah, Jared Hayne, two, well, you've got to you've got to include him. If you're going to include Jack Bird, are you going to play Jack Bird off the bench? Well, uh, that's up to Laurie Daly, mate. I'm not Laurie Daly, but uh, I'm just saying it's three players that are going to be in the side. doesn't matter what position. Yeah, but mate, be in the seven all right, eight. I can pick... You're going to use that bloody thing. I can pick three halfbacks. Yeah, but you're not going to. But well, Jack, sure. Jack... Three players that have to be, it's up to Laurie Daly. Jack, it's Jack, up to Mount No, Bingo. Jack Bird and Jared Hayne have versatility. They can play multiple positions. That's where I'm coming from with that one. Mm. Like, 2014... Jared Hayne pretty much won that series for New South Wales. His influence was all over it. And, you know, you just can't leave him out. And if anyone thinking that he shouldn't be in the 17, it's just crazy, in my opinion. Like, Well, I'm just thinking, what's he done since he's come back? The thing is, when you get him in an elite environment, surrounded by players of, you know, let's be honest, his level, he, he rises above again. He, We've seen him, when he plays for Australia, he played at uh, Kangaroos Tour, 2014 Four Nations. Seven tries in four games. Playing centre. Playing at centre, mate. Mate, look... Surrounded by the best, Jack brings out Jared Haynes' best. I can understand that argument. I can. Um, if, if that's the reason for picking him, I can go with it. But I'm not picking him on his form, that's for sure. And uh, my third one is Boyd Cordner. Uh, look, just, just a tenacious, um, hard-running back rower who's a real leader, in my opinion. And um, I think we'll see him come, in, come into his element in, in this series. As a leader? The well, there's been talk of, about him as as captain, and look, I'd be I'd be more than happy if he was made captain. Yeah, so I've come up with my third. The uh, the old neurons have have fired up, and I found who it was. James Maloney, mate. He's yeah. He has he's getting better with age. He's like a fine wine, Jimmy Maloney. He's 
He's come along. Um, I'd hate to see him barbecuing alone during the Origin series, so you've got to include him. Mate, I barbecue alone to Jimmy all the time. That's how good he's been playing. Sorry? <laughs> you can bless repeat if you want to hear that again. But uh, uh, Jimmy, he's just been on fire. He really has. He's really directing the side around really well now. You know, with a partnership with Mitchell Pearce, they've played together, they've won a premiership together. I, I think it's an ideal, ideal scenario. Last year in Origin, he was probably the Origin player of the year along with I'm for New South Wales, obviously, along with Tyson Frizzell. Yeah, Frizzell's the he's a shoe-in. It has to be there. The way he runs the ball, he reminds me a lot of Tamalalo. And if we can get Tamalalo into a New South Wales side, even if it's not him, I'll take that any day. So Frizzell's there for me too, Jim yeah. Maloney. And look, the, the big question mark, and I know this is off script, mate, but who is going to play hooker? Yeah, well, that is one of the big questions. We've had um, Ray Price come out in the, during the week and absolutely wrote off Robbie Farrer. He said, you know, Farris had his chance, not, you know, don't have him, get rid of him. And uh, he said that same same thing about Mitchell Pierce, actually. So so that's, that's the thing. So seven and the nine, and the seven has always been the problem for the Blues. It really has. The seven's been the problem ever since Don's retired. Well, Pierce is going to be the seven. We can safely say that. Is, not, is he? Yeah, he's going to be the seven, mate. Everyone can see that. Like, I think there is a few questions around the number nine. They're even talking about Peter Wallace. I think that'll be a step backwards, to be honest. I think, you know... Farrah does offer, you know, a bit of creativity and he's got the left boot there coming out of... The left boot is handy. It is very handy and, you know, people talking about Cameron McGuinness and Nathan Peets, but look, I just don't think the they've name, done enough to... The, the to, names you're throwing aren't elite level players. That's like, what I mean. But but have they not been given a chance to prove themselves? That's the other side of the They've been given a chance to prove themselves 26 rounds a year yeah. in rugby league, national rugby league competition. They have not done it to a high enough standard to pick for origin. Do you be okay with Farrah? Look, he's probably our only option. Yeah, well, I agree. I tend to agree. And it's not. I'm not. I wouldn't be picking Robbie because Robbie's in great form, or he's you know he's he's kicking down the house or kicking down the door. But who is it? Who else is there? It's the process of well, elimination. I'm not sure what give the, ju- give young Jaden Braley a shot. I'm not sure what the um the laws are surrounding bringing bring, bringing back uh, Kirk Gilly from Warrington in England. That'd be a left field selection, wouldn't yeah, it? To talk about a boulder. We might as well bring uh, Tamana Tahu Makuli back and just round it out. <laughs> be a deadly right hand edge, that, that fabled flick pass. All right, we're going to have a quick look at Queensland. All I want you to do is say who's going to replace JT if he's out. Um, number of options thrown up. Corey Norman's now gone for the Origin Series. He's out if you can get him. Got DCE, um, Anthony Milford, Michael Morgan. They're even talking up Cam- Cameron Munster from the Storm, so... Who's replacing JT? Milford, keep... Milford? Keep Morgan on the bench, because Morgan's dynamic off the bench, or... I reckon they've got to go con- Morgan. Conversely, yeah, I understand what you're saying there, bring Morgan in, he was my first choice, yep. and then bring Milford on the bench. I think Milford off the bench yeah, is an absolute, probably, yeah, absolute match right. winner, because... He's, he's electric. First 10, 15 minutes of origin, yeah. with a- Andrew Fafita just running... As hard as he can at Anthony Milford. I mean, right, that's yeah. only going to end in one way. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think that's the way to go. Thanks, mate. And uh, the back five for Queensland. I want you to name your, uh, your back five. So I'll go first. Um, on, my, on the wing, I've got Valentine Holmes. Um, inside him, I've got um, Chambers. And uh, I've locked in Slater at fullback. I've gone back to the future there. Gagai in the other centre. And then uh, Boyd slips onto the other wing. So... Bit well, of a mix up there. But... It is. Uh, Darius Boyd's going to play fullback. You do know that. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. So there'll be no Billy Slater. Billy Slater, no. Not Billy... up to it. 
Billy might get a run on the wing. They're not going to... They're not going to put, put Billy on the wing. I don't see Mal dropping... Sorry, Kevin. Kev, Kev, or Mal. Still Mal, mate. Kev doesn't run anything. Michael Hagen runs it all. Who, who, who yeah, let's honest. be honest. Those two blokes are puppet heads. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at a pretty similar side, mate. Um, no one there. You look. You know, honestly, Val Holmes has got to be in there. No, oh, he's their first player pick. You know, honestly, I don't give two tosses about the Queensland side because look, whoever plays for Queensland, and I hate to say this, they do the same job. Oh, they're yeah, on the mate. Queensland yeah. jersey and they become a Queensland origin player. Yeah. And it's like, just something in their DNA, mate. Just briefly, one guy who cannot be left out of the Queensland side this year, and I'll look, I'll give it away if they leave leave him out again, is Dylan Napa. I've been calling for his selection for years, mate. He he has all the traits of an origin player, and they continue to let him go. It goes I've been hearing a few whispers, mate, he's been called the new Brett Dallas. The new Brett Dallas. Yeah, well, he reminds me of David Clemmer. He's Queensland's David Clemmer, and they just keep leaving him out. And look, if they don't select him, I think it's going to come back to bite them on the arse, in it my is. opinion. You can't keep leaving players like that out. Players that are little cold heroes that hit hard. Imagine him and Clemmer going, going at it. Oh, but Clemmer's an idiot. Oh, but, but just certainly being excited. Shrek. He really does. He brings down our IQ so much. All right. Oh, we're an intelligent side. We've got Maloney there, articulate. Fresh beer, mate. Uh, yeah, I have another one, mate. Your shout. No worries. Uh, you want to grab them, mate? Yeah, mate, I'll grab them. <laughs> okay, next segment, mate. Transfer talk. It's all been happening in the NRL with plenty of moves um, around around the clubs. The big moves, four into the dogs. It's the first one I want to look at. What do you think of it, mate? Good move. I getting, think, getting back to Desi, I think... um. Real think, father figure, Desi. Yeah, you look at where Kieran Fraun's home is, and I think it's under under uh, Des Hasler's breast, in all honesty. I think... Uh, Maybe uh, his wing. <laughs> yeah, good choice of words there. But yeah, I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move for both parties. It's a significant upgrade on Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, Fraun's a quality player, and I think he needs needs that structure, and um, as you said, father figure that Desi provides. So I, I envision that being a success. But the... the- Realistically, the club suits for him, doesn't it? He gets talked up as this tough, you know, player that can, you know, sort of guide a team around and nothing sort of rattles him. So He's a dog. Yeah, suits both parties, mate. And I think the dynamic of him and uh, Mo- uh, Moses Embai together. If Moses stays. If Moses stays, I reckon that, yeah, that'll, that'll work. Apparently Leach is gone. Yeah, oh, he's, mate, jeez, he's got a bus ticket. First bus ticket out of there. What a great signing he was. Innes for Leecher. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Belmore to the... Um, Bronx. Probably the Roosters or something. Yeah, they'll fit him under their sombrero. Newton, Newtown, mate. Newtown Jets. Uh, the Mitchell Moses situation. He's gone from the Tigers to the Eels this week. So, what was your take on that? And right move, correct move. Look, I'm going to... I'm going to say on it. I've, you know, I think the, the big winner here is Parramatta. They've picked up a player for nothing. They haven't been able to trade a player for him and... They've what, got, what, they've got the, him six months earlier. Just a question. They're going to pay half his salary, obviously. Oh, I'm not sure around the financials of the situation, mate. Yeah. But realistically, with Corey, look, Corey me, Norman out for six weeks, that is huge for Parramatta. So for me, like we talked about the transfer system. This is a massive argument. Now we've got a player transferring mid-season out of... Con- like, why not have a trade period where this is officially what happens? He actually trades right now. Mm. Instead of having, oh, is he going to trade? Is he isn't. If he wants to go now, make it official. We're going to trade him. Yeah. And then the team gets something back. The West Tigers get something back. They've got a player under contract yeah. that they've had to let go halfway through the season without planning for it, without making a trade. It's 
it's ludicrous and it's hard on West Tigers, it's hard on their fans and it's really got to stop. Yeah, well, it's the administration's fault and um, look, I know it's, it's not been the administration, it's the NRL's fault for allowing, having systems so, and practices oh, I mean, in place. I mean, losing Moses is the West Tigers administration's fault. You know, they've caught that, that up is, big time. But losing him this year is the NRL's fault. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I know it's a big issue that's, you know, pertinent with yourself there and um, look, I'm... I don't ha- want to get into it because I harp on it about every No, but you know what, I'm, I'm happy with, as soon as grand final day's over, I want that whole, from there until round one, that for me is the transfer window. Look, that used to be... Look, I'm I don't gonna... care if players sign a year in advance, but nothing through the season. Anything through the season, get rid of it. We all know you used to... When you were playing Madden 2005 or something, you used to fast-forward through the season, get to the transfer and the trade window, and you just buy new players, and then you do that for the whole season again. It was the best part of the year, the trade window, and yet yeah. you have it. You don't yeah. have it all the way through the season while you're actually trying to play the game. And, uh, uh, we won't stick to it. Um, Dane Gagai to South, mate. That uh, is looking more likely by the day. Good We're signing for South. $750,000 a year. Look, it's... Centre. It's... I wouldn't pay anything for a centre near that amount. Like, as a centre, in all honesty... They're I've, lacking in the outside backs and there's not many no, but, available. But a centre, you look at the, the amount of ball they get and the amount of ball they get to create things. Mm. So it's almost become... A, the centre has been almost... It's very similar to a winger. A winger might even have more opportunities in open space than a centre these days because the winger bricks it, brings it back from... The uh from the kick quite often. Yeah. Whereas the centre is getting the ball in a crowded space, they're getting crammed towards the touchline a lot of the time, and they don't get the ball. It's I know it's it's up to you to inject, but you look at Jack Bird, he still doesn't get enough ball in the Sharks. You look at GI when he plays in the centre for the Rabbitohs, he's completely underutilized. And look for me, spending money on money on a centre, I I'd rather spend. Look, I'd say a centre gets us probably a second row. Second round at centre, I'd have them on par with the amount of money I want to spend on them. But I wouldn't be spending... I'd be spending my big money on my hooker, my halfback, my 5'8", my fullback, and uh, that'd be it. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> you know, sort of everyone's sort of a summation of where the money goes in, in the, across the team. And Gagai, uh, the word is Greg Nilis is going to play left centre. Again, next year, he's going to be away from the fullback position. He's too fat, that's his problem. That's, well, he's lost a bit of his pace, obviously. He's come back from an ACL injury. So Gagai and Inglis in the centres, that's pretty potent. It is, but he, you're going to get the ball and you've got to have space. Yeah. There's no use giving him the ball with four dudes in front of him with no space to work. No one can work it. No, no one has been able to work it. You need space and Senna does not afford you space. Yeah. Well, you're, if you're on the end of a great great forward pack and you're on the end of a great uh, halves combination, yes, you get space, but I don't say that at South Sydney. We've talked a few deals there that are sort of done and dusted already. We're going to move to the ones that are still ongoing and... Um, First one I'll start with is uh, Josh Dugan. Yeah. Uh, looks like the Sharks will nab him. Four-year deal, $1 million a season. What's your take, mate? Too You're a Sharkies fan. Too much money. I'm happy for him to play at fullback. The only problem with that being is he's not a ball player. Um, That's okay. you just got to adjust to that. Yeah, no, but it's a, it's a change-up of our playing style. And Look, Valentine Holmes is a different player to, to uh, Ben Barber. and he, He's fitted in quite well at the back there. and It'd be a kick in the gust to him, in all honesty. But his impact on the wing is not too dissimilar to what he's doing at fullback now. Like he was an impactful player on the wing, more so than a lot of players in the competition on the wing. Yep. So I think he was, it was a bit understated how, how good of a winger he was. I think he's a better winger than he is fullback. So having, yeah, having Dugan absolutely. at the back, I think, will, um, will be a good thing for the Sharks. At a million a season, I think that's overpaying him. 
potentially overs, but I think I think it's a really astute signing by the Sharks if they can get him, you know, pinching one off their arch rivals. And I think Valentine Holmes, you know, the next maybe year or two, I think he's going to develop into one of the best centres of the game. I reckon they'll move him inside once he gets a little bit older. I there's, there's a real opening there at right centre across the representative teams, both in Queensland... He's already in the Australian team. ...and for the Australian team. But, yeah, you know, I think I think we'll move into the centres. You know, we see most wingers sort of do it. Um, you know, some of them don't. You know, Brett Morris, Wendell Saylor, those sort of, top, sort of guys stuck to the wing for their whole career. But, you know, generally most... You know, young fellas start on the wing and they sort of move, shift into the centre. I can see Holmes doing it. Look, mate, I'll bring up one example. Luke Cavell started on the wing, stayed there. And, you know, that was probably um, representative of his, of his entire career, mate. <laughs> mate, he, he was a fiend down that wing, mate. He was... Absolute cult hero, Cavell. Oh, I'd do a lot to get him back to the Shire. Uh, the second player, still in the open market, that I want to discuss is Cooper Cronk. Now, article came out a couple of weeks ago saying... All the Sydney clubs where he wants to move have got their halves sewn up, signed and sealed for the next two or three years. So there's no way for Cooper Cronk to go. Let's, but let's it's rugby league, so quick things can happen Where does fast, he want to go? Change fast. Where does he want to go? Sydney. But where? All the Sydney clubs, every Sydney club. He just wants to move to Sydney, that's all we know. No Sydney clubs will take him. Well, they've all got halves signed, so there's no... Tigers. There's no space. Yeah, that's the only real, at the moment, the real option. Rabbitohs. You've got Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker. Like Cody Walker. You think you could see Cooper Cronk there? Out of all the Sydney clubs, realistically, where do you, th- where do you th- see Cooper Cronk playing? Tigers, Rabbitohs. Well, I don't think the Rabbitohs can fit him in their cap. Well, they have, St. George. Ha- they have to lose a couple of Burgess brothers. St. George. St. George have got Ben Hunt on the way. They can't take they him. They did Ben Hunt, correct. The Tigers are realistically the only option. Um, there's a bit of, bit of word coming out of Penrith. That they uh they might be looking to move a couple of players yeah, on and, and squeeze him in. Nathan Cleary in halfback at the moment, it's and they've like got Tamari Martin yeah. or you know Bryce Cartwright's filling in. So they realistically, the thing is with Cronk, he's only looking for a one or two year deal as well. So you're looking to get maximise the potential out of him straight away. So who, who's a club and who's a side that are ready to go if they add Cronk, they can win the comp. And if I'm Valentine home, I mean, if I'm Cooper Cronk, I'm not going to the West Tigers because in two or three years, they're not winning the comp. Well, another option, mate, is the Sharks. Maloney's not signed. If they let him go, Cooper Cronk... Um, you don't... You don't know. Nah, you don't do that. Maloney's won you a comp. Maloney's as good a player as Cooper Cronk, in my opinion. He's a year younger, I believe. You don't drop... You don't drop... You don't drop a winning form. You don't bring in a new player that has to get, get used to the new system. It's just not how you do not how you do business, especially not in the shy, mate. Yeah, well, it's an interesting scenario, and I look realistically, I don't know if we'll see Cooper Cronk play on next year. Yeah, he's too good looking to play on, mate. Like his nose is busted up. Don't get me wrong. His uh, his girlfriend's. He's not going to go to the Tigers though. They're just a basket case. So why would he go there? Nice uniform. I don't know, mate. He he said on Sturlow's show the other week that you know the the, the only reason he's going to play on is whether he can go somewhere and make a difference to other players' careers. So give them something that they never got. So take that team to the next level. Look, he really is a good bloke. Huh? Like he, he's one of the... He's a gentleman. He's a statesman. Gentleman and a scholar, as uh, a lot of blokes say around these days. But um, look, if, you, look, if you, that's his approach, the West Tigers is the place. Well, <laughs> if that's his approach, the West Tigers is the place. 
Well, obviously, you know, if he's looking to live in sort of inner city, you know, that's probably that's a pretty, pretty ideal sort of club. And That's not what he said, even. And if he's looking to max... Obviously, we all know he's going to work in the media um, after his career. He's got the charisma, intelligence. Look, there's a place in DY if you want to come, mate. There's so... Left, left side to the right side of my bed. So if you're the Tigers, you, what, you throw everything at him? Yeah, two years, why not? 1.2? No. Not for a 33-year-old, mate. Do you think he'll retire if he would play on? Just honestly... Retire. Retire. Locked it in. We'll see how that goes. Uh, last segment for today is the couple of players we want to discuss. Their markability, risk and reward. Sandor Earl and Ben Barber. We'll start with uh, Sandor. Sandor? Sandor. And uh, look, he's, he's due, his band's up in August. So he's looking to come back into rugby league. Do you think he's worth... A club having a having a grab at what was he famous for? He was famous for the drug scandal. He wasn't he wasn't a player that was knocking on representative doors. He wasn't a player that was setting the competition alight. He was so certainly no. a good finisher and a developing player. So no, in short, no. So no club out there should sign him. Not even Newcastle. What's his age? Oh, twenty eight or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Newcastle, they should sign anything they can get their hands on. If they look, if they got a little little brim. Kiss it and take it with you. Don't kiss it and throw it back. They should be getting anything they need. I reckon, mate, I reckon a number of clubs should get their hands on him. Look, I reckon he's been living in Victoria. I think the Storm would be a good fit for him and for both parties. The markability of him and his story now is very, very significant. There's going to be a lot of interest around his return, you know. He's he's league's sexiest man. That dies off pretty quick, mate. And there's a lot of since Matt Cooper, there's been no sexier man than Sandor Earl. Mate, I'm speechless. You, you're probably right on. You smack bang. You he's done his head. time, mate. He's a good finisher, and he offers it's a lot to Matt the club. Cooper, he's a prescription drug. He had a bit of a. That's not uh, going to there, mate. Probably a few legal concerns there. Move on to Ben Barber. Um, he's been sacked by Toulon, the French rugby. He'll be looking for a new home. Oh, that, that was never going to work out in France for Barber. You know, he's the most one of the most. Aussie people I've ever met. I've not, met him. Not that I've met him. I've met him. He came to Lithgow Workies in 2013, actually. He was in a moon boot. Oh, right. Yeah. He's on the punt there a little bit. Um, Come down, got a few photos. The girls are pretty starstruck. They're the wool vets. As they would be, yeah. They they love him out there that in was, the, uh, that the was West. quite interesting. It was it was a night I was actually working at the club and they had an auction and it was a, a shark signed jersey there. That's right. I was, I was, I was working, you know, earning maybe two $300 a night if, if something... And he went, lucky. went way above your... Uh... Yeah, I spent um, $650 on a signed jersey and gave it to mum. I have not seen that jersey in three or four years. No mm. idea where it is. Later revealed it was it was a complete fake. No, it wasn't a fake, man. <laughs> Pulled my leg there, but you haven't seen it in three or four years. It's, it was it was my medal of signings, though. So I had Bo Ryan, Fafita. Oh, yeah, great. All the signings, but not the premiership one, but... Uh, it's in a plastic bag and tucked away somewhere in the right of residence. With Barber, he's got to serve a 12-game ban, no matter where he plays. So whether he signs so a... So he hasn't served it yet? No. So when he comes back to the NRL this year or next year, he's got to serve it. I think what they should do is let him serve his ban in the Super League. So sign for a Super League club straight away um, and then serve a 12-game ban, You know, fit in maybe the last month or two of the Super League season over there. Then... You know, is the Super League club going to want to do that? Oh, I, th- I think it would potentially come in very handy at the end of their season. A side that's on the fringe of going deep into the finals of the Super League. Yeah. And then, you know, then he can come back fresh, whether he 
whether it's in the NRL or the Super League, he's 2018, bigger, better than ever. He's not going to be... He, I think he had his final... final last I think he's had his swan, swan song, that's I it. I think he should retire. Retire? Look, in my humble opinion, Ben Barber has had two good seasons in 10 years of rugby league. And I think he reached the heights last year, winning the Premiership. Mm. I think mentally, the bloke has had a lot of troubles. Yeah. I don't think he's up to putting in a performance that's indicative of the quality and the player he is. So, look, doesn't mean he's going to retire, but I think he should go out, not on top. If he ever went out he on certainly top, hasn't he gone out on top. He would, have, he would have retired in the grand final last year, but go out with that memory in everyone's brains of what that player he was, because if he comes back next year, I can see him putting on some yeah. absolutely abysmal performances. Well, I really can. There's um, a bit of talk that North Queensland might want him. Uh, Obviously, Jonathan Thurston will retire at the end of next year. He's, he's a Mackay, Mackay product. Obviously, so. Jonathan Thurston will retire at the end of next year. So, that potentially, of all the clubs, that, that would be the only club that I could see him going no, to. Go back. Obviously, Jonathan Thurston will retire at the end of next year. Yeah, he will. Why is that? Is, is that obvious, is it? Yeah, no, it's obvious. Is it being said, has it? Yeah. Yeah, he's having one last season, 2018. I can't see that happening. Oh, you reckon he'll go around again? When did he say that? He's retired from rep football this year and then one, he's signed one last season next year. And he said, I'm done after that. Yeah. Jeez, I've missed that. Mate, you're just completely out of the uh, rugby league narrative. It's all right, mate. Rugby league narrative, write your own endings to it. For, for a media personality of your stature, mate, that's incredible. Mate, I just must have slipped through the radar, slipped through the net. <laughs> Try to catch these things, but sometimes you get... Fiddly fingers. Caught under the uh, caught under the nest. Anyways, mate, uh, that's that's it for today. A uh, bit of a longer podcast than usual, but um, I've had fun. Have you had fun? Had great fun, mate. Bit of a ramble, but who doesn't love a ramble? No, it's been good. So um, look forward to uh, speaking to you again next month. Have you uh, you got any mentions, mate? Any shout-outs you've got to make? Definitely or? got a uh, couple of shout-outs. Uh, firstly, congratulations to the Holgersons. Some good news. It was... That was passed on. Um, also, Who? just a shout out to everyone in DY, my new residence. Uh, oh yeah, look, I'm really enjoying the suburbs so far. It's it's probably one of the best suburbs in Sydney, besides the other suburbs in the Northern Beaches. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it here. So shout out to all the brothers. Choching hot bread as normal. Chochong. 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 Oh, change the pronunciation. Either way, I was down there a couple of weeks ago. I got a pie. I gave a bit Cheese of Insta- bacon bread. Instagram shout-out. That was sold out. That's how popular it is, mate. Chai Kong, Lithgow Main Street, if you're ever passing through town. Absolutely terrific. <laughs> Absolute snappers. But, yeah, anyway, um, thanks to all the listeners. We will be back inside a month. Not a day under, not a day over. And, uh, and don't be afraid to tweet us at the monthly probes. Please talk to you for a minute.